I wrote myself a line of words. It says, Since the land remade me, I will still stand in this world as another me. It has been encouraging me to fight ever since. When I was pulled out, my head was covered in blood. Then this young soldier put his hat over my head and said, Don't get cold, I have to save others. Extracts from CCTV, article Tang Shang, Earthquake Survivors Recounter History. This was the Tang Shang earthquake of 1976, and this is the good, the bad, and the pure evil. So the Tang Shang earthquake had two main shocks, one at 3.42 a.m. with an estimated strength of 7.6. The shake would be shallow, creating surface rupture in five segments. The second shock hit hours later at 6.45 p.m. A lot of aftershocks followed, with at least 12 having a strength of 6 or more. The first aftershock came at 7.17 a.m with a magnitude of 6.2. Many buildings would be damaged or destroyed. The aftershock zone remains seismically active, producing its own sequence of aftershocks that ended officially July 17, 2020. The Tangjiang earthquake was July 28, 1976. The damage. Damage really depended on two factors. First, intensity of the shaking, which depended on the magnitude rupture, distance from the epicenter, and nature of the soil and topography. With soft soils, they can amplify the intensity and duration of the shake. Second factor was design and construction of the structures being shaken. Seismic risk in the area was hugely underestimated so almost all buildings were designed and built without seismic considerations. The magnitude of power was felt up to 680 miles away, across most of the northeast China and even in Mongolia and Korea. Beijing, 87 miles away, had such violent shaking, reaching intensity 6, and had 10% buildings damaged and 50 deaths. The economic loss topped at 10 billion yen or 72 million dollars today. So the rupture happened under the southern part of the city and propagated northeast on a fault that runs right through the middle of the city. The max intensity was XI or 11 on the 12 degree Chinese scale. Almost every building in the city collapsed either wholly or partially. Infrastructure was severely damaged, electric power gone, water supply gone, and communications gone. The area of intensity X or 10 shaking was in a newly built area, so it wasn't too badly damaged. Other older parts were severely damaged or flattened. In the high intensity zone, 20 highway bridges and five railway bridges all collapsed or were damaged. Coal mining was the main industry in Tangshan. When the quake hit, about 10,000 miners were working underground. The mined roadways or tunnels weren't badly damaged, 
but no electricity meant no lights except headlights. There was also no ventilation and no working lifts. Most miners escaped within hours, but there was reports that some didn't reach surface for nearly two weeks after the quake. Damage to the shafts happened within the first 50 metres, which passed through water-bearing alluviums. The concrete liner to keep water out cracked, allowing a greater inflow of water. This, with the damage to the drainage system, no power to drive the pumps, had many mines flood. Electrical power to the mines was restored in some within three days. Coal production resumed within a week to ten days, but dewatering, overhauling of flooded or damaged electrical equipment and rebuilding of surface buildings continued for over 18 months. The railway at the time of the earthquake, there were 28 freight trains and 7 passenger trains travelling on the line. Seven freight and two passenger trains derailed. In many other places, the railway embankment slumped because of weak soils. Other cases, the embankment held, but transverse compression of the rails caused them to buckle. Loss of communications like signalling and water supply for steam locomotives further impaired the railways. The most serious damage to the railway and the one to take the most manpower to repair was the bridges collapsing. Over 42,000 people were mobilised for emergency repair of the railways. Official reports had deaths over 240,000 and injuries at 165,000 in Tangshan. But when you take into account the missing and those injured who died later, scholars accept a number of over 300,000 dead, making it the deadliest earthquake in China. The earliest reports outside China came July 28, 1976, from the International Tsunami Information Center reporting a violent earthquake at first estimated at 8.1 magnitude in the area of Peking or Beijing. The center's director, Dr. Paras Karianis, said if the quake hit, the area reports of considerable damage would be coming. Next day, news reports indicated the quake was about 100 miles southeast of Peking and 63 miles northeast of Tainxin, pretty much Tangshan area. The Chinese Communist Party's Central Committee broadcasted the quake, quote, caused great losses to people's life and property, end quote. Tangshan's first report quoted, nearly every building in the city was flattened, end quote. Days after the quake, the doctor once again gave an estimate of 750,000 deaths based off a similar earthquake in 1556 in Shanix province, which had a death toll of 830,000. 
August, the national Chinese government in Taiwan would give debts of 100,000 and injuries at 900,000. They also reported buildings in Tangshan were leveled. 80% of homes and buildings in Tianjin were also reported to be damaged to some extent. January 1977, the Nationalists released a document. In it, the deaths were said to be over 655,000, with 79,000 serious injuries and 700,000 injured in some way. All these figures are widely cited, but it doesn't seem factual, and it doesn't appear initial estimates were done in the first days of the quake or have solid bases. As of 2017, the Tangshan Earthquake Memorial Wall contains 246,465 victims who were registered by relatives. Whether the earthquake was predicted has had considerable political as well as seismical significance. With fatalities over 240,000 from the Tangshan earthquake, it was a considerable shock politically and seismically. Some of the mortality might be attributed to exposure of our larger population and the time of day, which was in the night and early hours. But the principal factor seems to be failure to take precautionary measures Tangshan was completely unprepared. At the time, Chinese method of earthquake prediction was to watch for precursors or warning signs like foreshocks. Many seismologists have said the Tangshan earthquake couldn't have been predicted, even calling it, quote, famously unpredicted, end quote. 30 years later, investigations found no official short-term prediction of an immediate earthquake. Now there was many unofficial predictions, but nothing of scientific basis. There was no foreshock warning to Tangshan, but several at the State Seismological Bureau or SS wanted to warn of an impending earthquake that was going to happen in the area of Beijing to the Bohai Sea and this was discussed at many meetings. One of these meetings was a week-long national conference on earthquake predictions and preparation. This meeting happened July 14th in Tangshan two weeks to the date before the earthquake. At this meeting, Wang Qingmin warned an earthquake of a magnitude 5 or above could happen in Tangshan area from July 22nd until August 5th. But there's a thinking, a disagreement in the SSB had confusion if the next large earthquake would happen east or west China and in the May had concluded no major earthquake would happen in Beijing, Tangshan area. Tangshan would be hit in July and three weeks later, a 7.2 Songpan Pingwu earthquake happened 
meaning the argument of a West earthquake was entirely wrong. The 26th of July, another meeting that concluded not to issue a warning to avoid unnecessary alarm. The next morning, July 27th, an emergency meeting. Here, Wang told Deputy Chief Cha Shayun his concerns. According to Wang, Cha said the timing was off, he was too busy, and to chat again next week. But Cha says this wasn't the case. He said Wang said there's no major earthquake. Another account has Wang sent for more information, and then a small group was to go observe the earthquake. Too many predictions caused doubts and false alarms. It could, it might, maybe there's a possibility. They were also very broad regarding large-scale disruption. Disruptions like October 1976 issued by the Shawanese province had 65% of the population lines disrupted for half a year. It was estimated 400 of 900 million Chinese spent some nights in temporary earthquake shelters. So the dilemma came increased sensitivity to the possibility of an earthquake, thus increasing false alarms, all of which had a significant cost. To compare other earthquake death tolls in China to Tangshan has issues relating to uncertainty. The Shariisk earthquake in 1556, magnitude believed to be 8, was one used to compare. It was said to be the deadliest, with 830,000 deaths, but this has been argued ever since. Some say 530,000 deaths was more accurate, and the rest to reach 830,000 was due to after, from exposure, disease, famine, or people vanishing because of economic collapse. Although not prepared, Tangshan didn't have common secondary disasters like fires, tsunamis, landslides or floods. A dam above Tangshan was badly damaged but held. The immediate huge response by the government had thousands rescued in the first two days and prompted attention to getting clean water, food and health avoided mortality from epidemic disease and starvation that would normally follow such disasters. And that is the story of the Tangshan earthquake of 1976. Like and subscribe to my YouTube and podcast and join me next time for the story of Pol Pot, a two-part video as Mr. Pot's story is a long one. A Cambodian revolutionary, dictator and politician. Under his administration, Cambodia was converted into a one-party communist state and perpetrated the Cambodian genocide. Pol Pot is regarded as a totalitarian dictator guilty of crimes against humanity.
Until then, this was the good, the bad, and the pure evil.